Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Older Adult to Geriatric Nutrition Answers podcast presented to you by longtermcarerd.com. I'm Michelle Sari, your host and presenter of today's episode. Today we're going to be talking about vitamin B12 and why it is a must-have vitamin for older adults. But before we get into today's episode, I want to let you know that tomorrow, so Thursday, September 21st, is the last day for the coupon code for everything in our shop. So you can get 15% off by simply typing in September when you're going through the purchase process. The product that I want to talk to you about is the Ultimate Long-Term Care Dietitian's Reference Guide. I've talked about this in previous episodes, and I think this is the number one resource that every long-term care dietitian should have. I know there's plenty of resources out there and reference guides, but I'm telling you, I've bought most of them, I've used most of them, and they've been not that helpful, I guess is the kindest way that I would put it. You can tell that a lot of these are not written by a practicing dietitian. There's not a lot of step-by-step practical tips that would help you that you can implement in your practice today. A lot of it is simply regurgitated textbook information. And we have enough textbook information that it's time that we start using practical tips and charting methods from people that actually work in long-term care. So I wrote the reference guide and it's for long-term care dietitians written by a long-term care dietitian. If you wanna check out more, I'm gonna put a link in the show notes. It's over 144 pages ebook and it covers everything from the basics in long-term care, charting, how to do a full nutrition assessment, what are the documentation and quality improvement guidelines. I highly recommend it. And you can get 15% off, so don't forget, get it before September 21st because the discount code will expire at midnight. Okay, so getting into today's episode, um, if you were to ask me what vitamin every older adult should make sure they have always recommend vitamin B12. Now this is for long-term care dietitians as well if you're listening and you're a caregiver, a loved one, or an older adult listening to this, vitamin B12 is something you should be recommending, be recommended to, or be taking already. But of course, this isn't a prescription. I want you to check with the doctor of the patient or for yourself before you take vitamin B12. So vitamin B12 benefits in the elderly are experienced with daily doses as small as 500 micrograms per day. For dietitians, I recommend speaking with a patient's doctor to see if adding vitamin B12 to their daily regimen would benefit them. Now I've got the benefits here to help you strengthen your argument. And if you're a dietitian, I am going to link in the show notes the article related to this that can help you with your argument, okay? So what is vitamin B12? Vitamin B12 is also known by its name cobalamin. It's found naturally in animal foods in our diets. It's also widely available as a vitamin supplement pill. Now vitamin B12, it's essential to brain development and function, blood cell formation, cell growth. It aids in the immune system's function, nerve cell development, and bone health. Now, it's quite obvious that all of these are essential to keep our body functioning, making it obviously a key vitamin that needs to be taken every day for overall health. Now, if we want to understand vitamin B12 deficiency, studies have found that vitamin B12 deficiency occurs in as much as 33% of older adults and the elderly. In one study, I found numbers as low as only 38% of people had adequate levels of vitamin B12. 
Now, our bodies cannot manufacture B12 on its own. It needs to be taken in by either a food or a supplement source daily to build up sufficient levels. So this can put vegetarians, vegans, and the elderly at risk of deficiency if they do not ingest it in either of these two forms. Now, vitamin goes, B12 goes through a few steps before it can be absorbed. So first, someone ingests it, either as a supplement or a food source. It travels to the stomach, which then releases hydrochloric acid, and this allows for the release of vitamin B12 from the food source. It then binds with a protein called intrinsic factor to travel to the intestine for absorption. Now, deficiencies are caused by either a malabsorption issue or an inadequate intake issue. So vitamin B12 deficiency, it does not occur quickly because we have stores in our body that can last for a few years, but there have been issues noted with cognitive memory and aging issues. Welcome back to your chemistry lesson. <laughs> so the big question is, well, why are seniors so at risk of a vitamin B12 deficiency? So here's a few reasons why we see a vitamin B12 deficiency in the elderly. Number one, inadequate food intake. So as we age, we're at increased risk because we see it quite often that they have a decreasing appetite and increased risk of malnutrition. So as a result of this, food choices that are selected might be low in animal proteins. And without these animal proteins, there are other sources that are not animal proteins, but animal proteins give you the best bioavailability or the highest absorption rate among the foods. So if we're not ingesting it through our diet, then we're going to have a low intake. Number two, red meat can be difficult to chew, especially if it's served as a drier texture, such as steak or roast beef. And older adults who have dental issues, they may have an aversion to these meats, which are major sources of vitamin B12. So again, they're at an increased risk. And if we're talking about long-term care, you need to take a look at the menu. How often is red meat even served? Obviously, you're probably not serving steak in long-term care, but roast beef sandwiches, are they on the menu? Number three, it's called achloridia. This is low stomach acid production. So the stomach acid production, it decreases naturally as we age. So if there is not enough hydrochloric acid or HCl in the stomach, then the vitamin B12, it can't detach from its food source. And without this detachment, it won't bind to the intrinsic factor, which means that it's not going to be absorbed in the small intestine. Number four, decreased nutrient absorption. So older adult intestines do not absorb nutrients in the same quantities as a younger person. This means that they need to ingest higher amounts of food and supplements in order to have the same levels of nutrient absorption. The issue comes that they do not obviously eat as much food overall. And next, medication interactions. Many older adults take multiple medications. This is also known as polypharmacy. There's a few medications that can interfere with the absorption of vitamin B12, and this includes metformin, proton pump inhibitors such as omeprazole, H2 receptor blockers, uh, this would be ranitidine, and among others. So having multiple medications, these can block the absorption of vitamin B12. Now, if we want to see what are some of the common signs and symptoms of a vitamin B12 deficiency, there are some common ones that we do see, though it's going to vary depending on the risk factors for each person, as well as the chronic disease diagnoses, the medications they're taking, that type of thing. Now, 
a deficiency is considered at less than 200 pg per ml or less than 75 p mole per liter. So a few signs that we look for are dizziness, fatigue, memory impairment, dementia, attention deficit, vision difficulty, an anemia diagnosis, and depression. So it's really important that if you or your patient are experiencing any of these symptoms, a deficiency should be confirmed through a blood test, especially if they are at a higher risk of being deficient, such as in the list that I talked about earlier. So you always want to confirm that. And if you're a long-term care dietitian, this is simply adding a vitamin B12 check to the blood panel that's done on a fairly regular basis. I think most long-term care patients have their blood tests done quarterly or at the very least annually, though you can make exceptions and you can ask for one of these blood tests to be done. So what are the risks of a vitamin B12 deficiency? Now, like I said before, it takes a while for someone to become vitamin B12 deficient because our livers maintain the stores for a long time, but this doesn't mean that we don't need to be concerned about it. When we do become vitamin B12 deficient, the effects are significant. So some problems that occur if, there, if you or a patient is vitamin B12 deficient is poor cognitive function, age-related macular degeneration, megaloblastic anemia, pernicious anemia, dementia, fatigue and weakness, and depression. Now I'm going to link the studies where it discovered this in the show notes in an article. So be sure to check those out if you're looking for a little more confirmation about what I'm talking about. So obviously all of these are serious poor health outcomes if they're not taken care of. And it may be a combination of factors that leads to these, such as dementia. It's obviously not just one factor and we don't know enough about it as to what causes dementia. But if we can take care of one of the risk factors by simply taking a supplement or increasing vitamin B12 sources in our diet, why wouldn't we do it? Or why wouldn't we recommend it for a patient? It's such a simple thing to implement that can make all the difference in the world because the benefits of being adequate in vitamin B12 are literally life-changing. So here's a few of the major benefits. Number one, improve cognitive function. There are some fantastic studies that suggest that having adequate vitamin B12 levels can improve cognitive function and dementia if there was a deficiency. It is amazing to see the research in this area. So again, check out the show notes to see this. Number two, anemia prevention. Red, red blood cells need adequate levels of vitamin B12 in order to form properly. Keeping our blood healthy and happy can keep away pernicious and megaloblastic anemia. Number three, energy levels. Vitamin B12 plays a really big role in energy metabolism, so by having adequate levels, it promotes increased energy and endurance. And number four, depression. Vitamin B12 has been shown to play a pivotal role in serotonin and dopamine production. Both of these hormones play a role in affecting our mood and having adequate vitamin B12 levels in our blood can help to ensure that production is at its best. So how do we improve the vitamin B12 levels? Vitamin B12 is thankfully an easily accessible vitamin through both improving diet and taking a daily supplement. I always recommend taking a food first approach, but in the elderly, this can be quite difficult due to the sources of vitamin B12. 
So taking a vitamin B12 supplement can give just as great results and health benefits as food. So don't be discouraged if eating animal products or increasing this in the diets is difficult. But if we do want to look at uh, vitamin B12 food sources, you can be looking at liver, beef, chicken, salmon, canned tuna, trout, ham, eggs, low-fat milk, and fortified cereals. So I have a chart in an article that has the portion size as well as how much vitamin B12 is in each food. So be sure to take a look at that. Now. If we're talking about vitamin B12 supplements, it's important to take a look at the doses because if you're looking on the market, they range from 100 micrograms to 5,000 micrograms, which is insane. You can also get them in a liquid or a pill form. So for people who have difficulty swallowing or don't want to add more pills to their daily regimen, the liquid can be a great option. What matters the most though is the dosage. The recommended daily intake of vitamin B12 for older adults is 2.4 micrograms. Most vitamin B12 options on the market are far above this. So I usually recommend going with a lower dose, but again, always check with the doctor before starting a new vitamin or a medication. Now, when should you be checking vitamin B12 levels? There's a few criteria that should be always constantly checked for vitamin B12. If you're over the age of 65 or your patient is, if they're a vegetarian or a vegan, if there's a recent anemia diagnosis, if there's a recent or current dementia diagnosis, or if they're on any of the medications that I talked about above. And again, there'll be an article in the show notes that's gonna have all of those medications listed. So if you have a patient or you are somebody who falls into those above categories, I recommend getting the vitamin B level tested. The first step will be to increase vitamin B12 food sources and then supplement with a vitamin after that. So vitamin B12 benefits for the elderly are worth checking and supplementing where needed. So here's some dietitian takeaways. If your patient is on long-term use of metformin, H2 blockers, or proton pump inhibitors, ask the doctor to check the vitamin B12 levels. If the doctor will not, discuss implementing a daily vitamin B12 dose as a precaution for low levels. That's if they won't get the blood levels checked, though every single doctor I've worked with has been phenomenal in that respect because a lot of them do recognize the benefits of vitamin B12 in the elderly. If a patient has mild to moderate dementia or cognitive impairment, discuss adding vitamin B12 to their daily routine. Check the menu to ensure that there are adequate servings of vitamin B12 for everyone in your facility. Make sure you know what level of deficiency is and that is all that you should be doing with vitamin B12. So thank you for listening today. Be sure to like and follow the show on your Apple podcast or Spotify, giving it five-star reviews and giving a positive review really helps to spread the awareness of this podcast and also you sharing it. It's free and it really benefits the show. And I would love to get this information out to as many people as possible. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at LongTermCareRD. Find the website at www.LongTermCareRD.com. And in the show description notes, you're going to find an article and all the related topics that I spoke about today, as well as the links. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.